0: Broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Top Docs Radio, brought to you by Women's Telehealth, whose mission is to bring scarce, high-risk maternal fetal medicine services to patients and referring obstetricians in their own community, urban or rural. Visit womenstelehealth.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Tanya Mack and C.W. Hall. what's going on tanya Matt.
1: well i'm back for just more fun with you and our <laughs> guest today as usual so today we're going to be talking about infant prematurity and uh, you may not know at cw but november is actually prematurity month uh, across the united states and this thursday will be world prematurity day so we actually have the right guest at the right time here in the mm-hmm. studio with us so We're going to talk a little bit about that, and let me tell you who our guest is. We have with us today in the studio, Danielle Brown. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you. And Danielle was a recent transplant from Tennessee to Atlanta. She's been in public health education and service most of her career. Currently, she is the Director of Maternal Child Health for the March of Dimes of Georgia. Uh, She's the State Program Manager um, for our programs down here. She has her degree in biology from Howard University and a Master's of Science in Public Health from Meharic Medical College. She also has a Certificate in Health Policy from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation Center for Health Policy. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you. I was telling uh, CW off of the air. uh, My company, Women's Telehealth, has worked with March of Dimes for many, many years on um, preventing prematurity by keeping women healthy with a pregnancy, prior to having a a premature birth. And so we're very familiar. And I was telling CW, I don't know if you know that the March of Dimes has really been acknowledged as the leader and the scorekeeper state by state in the United States for a very long time.
0: Well, I'm really pleased to have you here because obviously I've been aware of the March of Dimes forever as a brand, but I haven't I'm guilty of not digging too deeply, so I'll get to learn all about it today, maybe be able to point some people in that direction.
1: I think a lot of times people think of the March of Dimes historically as once the babies are born, they certainly intervene and have resources, Um, but a lot of the work is actually prevention of prematurity. So we're going to talk about that today. And um, I'm not happy to start off with the news that for the first time in about eight years in the United States, Danielle, we went backwards on our scorecard.
0: As a state?
1: Yes.
2: Um, Overall, in the United States, we saw um, preterm birth increase. And a lot of that uh, can be attributed to the increase in preterm birth within African American women as well as Hispanic women.
1: That was one of my questions is uh, kind of between ethnicity and race. We see quite a bit of disparity still. And you'd think as a pretty industrialized nation we would have learned to redistribute the the resources a little better,
2: but evidently we are not quite there. No, we're not. And that's (laughs) something that we are diligently working on um, as far as seeing and examining what those disparities are and then coming up with approaches to decrease those disparities. Um, The mission for March of Dimes is that every baby is born healthy.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how big the problem is. Like here in the here in Georgia, here in the United States, kind of here in the world, what out of how many births are premature? Like how big of a problem is that?
2: So you're looking at about one in ten births. Um it would be with the premature baby in the United States. We have a rate of nine point six three. And so like I said before, that was an increase from last year. Uh here in Georgia we have a rate that is higher than the national rate at ten point eight. If you're looking at this year versus last year, we didn't have any change. I remained high. And so that is higher than the national average. So that's definitely a challenge uh, here in the state. Mm-hmm. And has the March of Dimes set
1: kind of a goal? I know you have a 2020 goal that I read about. You're trying to kind of get the birth rate down to a certain percent below 9 by
2: 2020. We do. We would like to see the birth rate at 8.1 by 2020. Mm -hmm. And so we are working in every state to make sure that we are driving down the prematurity rate.
1: Okay. And we talked off camera too, about you're part of the Southeastern region of the March of Dimes. And unfortunately it's our neighbors all around us. (laughs) We have the deep South. No surprise. You just mentioned the African-American has a very disparate population. And we talked about in the deep South States of Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and Georgia. We have a few big cities and then huge amounts of rural population um, with high poverty levels, socioeconomic,
2: limited health care resources outside of those cities. Certainly, that's one of the biggest issues that we see, especially in the South, particularly in Georgia, um, with access to care. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you are looking at where the birthing centers are located versus where folks live Mm -hmm. Um, and some women are traveling uh, many miles to get to uh, health care. And so that's something that definitely has an effect on um, our preterm rate. Yeah, surprisingly, I know uh, Women's
1: Telehealth also works in um, rural Georgia, and we've run into several uh, hospitals where they're the closest delivering hospital for like a 75-mile radius. Um, so, they, And there's many, many Um, counties in Georgia that have no OBGYN services. So we have uh, what CW and I've talked about before, these medical deserts um, where we just have very limited access. Well, I'd like to start kind of at the beginning. We're kind of talking about the scope of the problem, but let's just kind of define what is a premature
2: birth compared to a full-term birth. So premature birth is a birth that occurs prior to 37 weeks of pregnancy. Then there are categories of a Late preterm birth and an early preterm birth, um, but we really like to see women carry full term, and so if possible, uh, 39 weeks is really what we like to see uh, women go. But anything before 37 is considered preterm. So, how do you, what is the line between early and late preterm? Is it like 37, 38, and then 39, 40? What is what is that line? For late preterm, it is the first four weeks prior to 37. And then earlier, um, you're looking at 20 weeks to that time frame.
1: Okay, wow. And those are really, really Mm. small, small, small babies with lots of problems. Do we know what causes
2: prematurity, Danielle? We do not know what causes prematurity. Um, We do know that there are some risk factors um, for women. And those things would be uh, for a woman who's had a previous preterm birth, um, for a woman who has um, diabetes or hypertension for women who smoke. And so we know that there are some um, of those health factors that contribute to preterm birth, but the actual cause is unknown, which is why March Dimes um, does a lot of research in trying to figure out what exactly causes preterm birth.
1: Mm-hmm. Are these
2: same risk factors what we might see for prematurity outside of the United States? Some, yes. Okay. Um, definitely with the um pre-line conditions such as diabetes and hypertension. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are things that we see throughout. Um, Tobacco use is a really big cause. And Mm -hmm. so particularly here in the United States, in the South, um, Mm -hmm. we see higher smoking rates Mm -hmm. um, here than anywhere else in the country. Mm -hmm. I know a couple of others I can
1: think of. Uterine or cervical abnormalities we see um, when we take care of patients. Also um, infections. Kind of a surprising thing. Oh, and multiples. Mostly we have a a lot of twins. And I think for the fertility folks, have kind of gotten having, you know, six and seven and eight babies, but we still see a lot of twins um, out in the communities, out in kind of everywhere we are. Um, A thing that was kind of surprising to me, and it's kind of a more than one pronged problem, I think, is the obesity rate. I know in our patient Mm -hmm. population, um, I was kind of surprised when we looked at our statistics 45% of women were considered obese. During their pregnancy, but that leads to hypertension, Mm -hmm. gestational diabetes, and all these other things. So it's not just one thing. Sometimes we're dealing with multiple risk factors in one
2: population. And there's one other thing that I didn't mention, which is birth spacing. So we like to see moms wait about 18 months in between each pregnancy. And so um, a shorter period, especially for a mom who has had a preterm uh, delivery prior to that pregnancy, would be at a higher risk for preterm birth as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so what does the March of dimes do? Do you I know you're working on research and kind of pulling together stakeholders and get, kind of getting everyone focused on the same problem. Do you guys do any education programs regarding prematurity?
2: we do and so we have a really big focus on group prenatal care Mm -hmm. um one centering pregnancy exactly why don't we talk a little bit about centering pregnancy models so we have um a couple of centering pregnancy sites that we um support here through our grants Mm -hmm. and with centering pregnancy it is a group um prenatal class and session that they have and so it is a little different than your traditional appointments so with this appointment you the women will still get their weight and blood pressure mm-hmm. and things kind of like check that. check-in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then there is a group support class. And so they cover different topics um, during pregnancy. And it's open to women who are having their first baby to women who may be having their third baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also open to their support um, and caregivers as well. Yeah, I know. We've had a lot of... We have two client two of our women's telehealth clients are
1: centering pregnancy programs and we're talking to a third. And um, I think the benefit is that they not only get your healthy or your check-in, but you also get a component of education. Like, what am I working on this month? And you also get the support from other women. So yeah, it's not you say, walking in a background. Yeah, of. yeah, because they get a chance to talk. A lot of them don't have mothers or sisters mm-hmm. or, and it's the, I find when I listen to the content, it is the most basic thing sometimes that we take for granted because when you go for your OB checkup, They're going to take your vital signs, listen to the baby, dip your pee, measure your belly, do that kind of stuff. But they actually don't go, let's spend 30 minutes talking about why exercise or why prenatal testing or what are the risk factors that you should know about. So I think it's valuable that they have the support and education in addition to. We were talking about when I was in nursing school, I had this conversation with a bunch of nurses that before they left the hospital... We actually saw they could give their baby a bath. We saw that they could take a temperature. We saw that they could do things. But we kind of miss that education component and centering pregnancy models kind of insert that back into the antenatal testing time, uh, antenatal time
2: period, I think. Certainly. Um, I think when talking with some of the physicians that are running the centering pregnancy groups, the support means so much to the expectant moms Mm -hmm. to know that there's somebody else experiencing the exact same thing Mm -hmm. that they are at the exact same time with similar delivery dates. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of the women connect even outside of the centering group. Um, If you have a centering group, group that is in a small town, a lot of times those children will end up going to school together. And so it really creates a bond um, and it's really a support system for them, especially if they don't have that, um, you know, already at home. Do you have any idea how many Centering Pregnancy programs we have in Georgia? I would say Centering Pregnancy that we, the March of Dimes is currently supporting right now would be about six Centering mm-hmm. Pregnancy sites. Overall, The number kind of varies year to year, um, just depending on if they are, you know, able to sustain sustain themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say we at least have 20. Yeah, that's good. I know
1: a, a big champion of centering pregnancy programs are midwife groups. Uh, because they take a little more time. I know we run into midwives all the time that spend a little bit more time and go through labor and all of that kind of thing. So um, if you're pregnant and listening out there, check out Centering Pregnancy Programs. I think you'd be happy with them. Let's kind of get back to the clinical part. We were talking about prematurity being defined as delivery prior to 37 weeks. What happens in those last few weeks between 37 and full term at 40 that is so critical that we end up with Babes in the NICU instead of
2: healthy babies that last
1: month or so.
2: So, we see that their brains are still developing, um, their lungs are still maturing, and so we really, really, really want to see babies make it to at least 39 weeks. That's one of the reasons we have a uh, banner program at the hospitals uh, where hospitals are recognized if they have a a procedure in place for elective early deliveries. And if that rate is at um, 5% or below and they meet some other requirements, then we recognize them in the state of Georgia um, in March of Dimes with the health department um, with the banner that says that they you know, have policies and procedures in place and that their elective early delivery is 5% or low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think certainly not only the Medicaid
1: carriers, but some of the insurance companies are looking more and more and more at uh, what can be done to delay or stop labor or to not have elective surgery. So um, let's talk now about the emergency ones are the ones that are kind of happening anyway, that don't have anything to do with elective. Once labor starts, what can be done to treat premature birth? Is Are there treatments available?
2: Yes. So there are several, um, there, some steroids that the um, physician can give. There are medications that can actually slow the um, labor down. And so they can all. Administer drugs that will help um, the baby's lungs develop and those sort of things, even though the labor is inevitable. And so we, the biggest thing when we are looking at that is to educate women about the signs of labor, so they know to contact their health provider, so they have options to figure out what works best for them in that situation.
1: Yeah, I can tell you that's so critical. We work with uh, a centering program down in South Georgia where. Um, the, we actually insert the high-risk doctor by telemedicine in the seventh month, because one of the things we found is, you know, it's this, we talk about basic CW, but um, I can remember an outcome that we had, unfortunately, that was a mom that did not know about how often the baby should move, mm-hmm. and over the weekend, she didn't feel the baby move. By the time she came in on Monday morning, we had a loss, and mm-hmm. so could have been prevented, but just even basic, these are the things you call in for. These are the times you need, you know, healthcare intervention, not just wait. Um, And it could have just as easily happened between a Monday and a Thursday if she didn't know. But I know that somebody taking the time to kind of go back through the basics of complications of pregnancy. If your water breaks, what do you do? If you start bleeding, what do you do? Um, If you start having contractions too early, what do you do? That kind of education, especially for young, we have a lot of young moms, like teenage moms, in Georgia. And we have a lot of um, women that just don't know or they just don't get the education. So that part of it is so um, important. So we do have meds to improve lung maturity. We have tocolytic uh, meds to stop labor. Um, I know sometimes it's an easy fix, too. I can think of times where an infection-related thing would cause prematurity. And if we get on board some antibiotics, things will kind of slow down and we'll buy... The whole idea is just buy more time. Uh, I know that when we deal with high-risk pregnancies, we're just looking to keep the baby in as long as we can, and we'll have a better shot at not having the long NICU stay.
0: When it comes to the, the dr- drive time we talked about earlier where the women that are having to travel a little further. You, you mentioned, uh, Tanya, the fact that that sometimes there's places that's not a hot, there's no more hospitals for like 70 miles. When it starts approaching an hour drive, from what I understand, it's a very high rate of preterm deliveries. Is it due to the fact that you don't have that opportunity to get in and get some of those medications on board to maybe slow? Well, I think
1: time is really critical. I know I see because we provide on the, on the service line um, even a day to get those steroids on board so that it helps lung maturity. If we buy a day even to advance the lungs, then that baby might Uh do better once they're born. You did bring up a good point with the distance, though, and I want to point it out. Sometimes if we can even use a medication to stop contractions for a very short time period, it will allow a move to an appropriate medical center. Mm -hmm. Um, Two weeks ago, I was at a conference for hospitals in rural Georgia, Mm -hmm. and the gals at the conference were hearing that I did um, high-risk OB, and they were telling me, oh my gosh, our hospital doesn't even have labor and delivery, but our emergency room delivered a baby a week ago and it was the most exciting thing we had done for like a year. So if that woman could have bought some time even there to be transported to an appropriate, a lot of times it's not even for the mom, it's for the baby. Um, And you have to remember too, there's regulations. I know sometimes we have women in kind of outposts that go into premature labor. If they're over 28 weeks, that is a viability cutoff point in our state but if they cannot be, they cannot be delivered in an ambulance. And so there's nobody that can do a C-section at 28 weeks and deliver a baby. So you're really talking about calling in the helicopters and, you know, you're really calling about extraordinary resources to intervene. So I think just kind of getting the word out on even buying just a little bit of time with the right medicine will allow for the lungs to mature, even 24, 48 hours, even four to six hours to get them to the right center for delivery
2: is really, really
1: advantageous for the outcome of the baby.
2: Certainly. That's why we really, really stress education so women can, you know, know what's going on with their bodies and know, hey, this is not, you know, right. Or I'm something's a little off. And so educating them on what the what preterm um labor looks like and what labor looks like. Right. Yeah. So they know. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is uh, if we
1: do have a baby born, so we're doing everything we can to kind of delay that birth. But once the baby is born, what happens? Like, what do you see? What are the problems with these babies that they end up in a NICU and um, have problems not only for when they're born, but some that can be extended for a very long time
2: or even lifelong. Certainly. Um, Again, we can see issues with hearing loss, vision, uh, respiratory issues, um, developmental issues. And so these um, are things that are persistent, you know, throughout life. And so we want to have healthy babies who have a great quality of life. And so um, we would love to prevent um, premature birth if possible, um, but then also offer support for families that end in the NICU. Mm -hmm. And boy, that's quite an experience just being in the NICU. So
1: um, I don't kind of want to get into the lifestyle of a NICU and and how parents strategies to survive. But I do want to talk a little bit about what are markers that a premature infant might be stable enough to go home? Like at what point could they be considered
2: to go home? Um, whether they are able to breathe on their own without any support. Mm -hmm. Um, If they are able to feed, that's a really big one. Um, Babies that are born early um, have problems uh, sucking and swallowing. Mm -hmm. And so we want, the hospital wants to make sure that they, you know, can eat, um, like I said, breathe uh, normally outside of um, assistance. Yeah. So they have
1: to be stable. They have to be stable and growing. I guess is the key. Stable breathing, stable weight gain, body temperature, and that kind of thing. Um, So we've talked a little bit about um, not all preterm births are preventable, but some are. Let's kind of switch back to the prevention side with the mother. So we've talked about risk factors, but we haven't talked about what we can do. So what are some strategies that Moms that do have a prior history or do have a risk factor, what can they do themselves or with their healthcare provider to help prevent a premature birth?
2: Um, So, the first thing is having a conversation with your healthcare provider um, about. Previous pregnancies. Like I said, the biggest one of the biggest factors is if a woman has had a previous preterm birth. And so that would go into kind of birth spacing and um, determining a life plan for pregnancy um, and making sure that those births are 18 months apart um, if you know at all possible. Um, As well as nutrition is a big one. So you want to enter a pregnancy as healthy as possible. Um, And so that may be um, ending smoking you know, making sure Alcohol, drugs, yeah. Certainly. Weight, you want to, you know, make sure that you are in a healthy weight frame for that. Well, as just generally making sure that you are, you know, able to carry a pregnancy um, for the nine months. Mm -hmm. So key things I heard you say is get a lot of rest,
1: eat the right things, maintain a healthy lifestyle, get to prenatal care as soon as possible. Um, All our ways that we can kind of
2: even before we get pregnant, pregnant. Uh, yes.
1: before we get pregnant is a big key, not just when we get pregnant.
2: No, it's really good to, you know, have those conversations with your doctor prior to, um like, and as I mentioned before, the birthing plan, of uh, you know when you want to get pregnant and having those conversations. So it's mapped out and um planned if it's all possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: very good. So I would like to talk a little bit since we're not only talking here just about Atlanta and Georgia, but we're actually talking about raising awareness today for the nation and for the world, what can we do collectively to kind of raise awareness? What's the March of Dimes doing? We've talked a little bit about some of your initiatives, but
2: um, kind of what can people do? I think the biggest thing is uh, to raise, raise awareness with folks mm-hmm. so they know um, what premature birth is, have the resources that are available to people. Um, March of Dimes has a wonderful site Um which has information for women who are before they consider getting pregnant um, to during pregnancy. And then if you are in the NICU, um, we also have a prematurityprevention.org site that talks about anything um, prematurity related. So let's give out those websites. So what is the website? What is the first one that you mentioned? Um, It's March of Dimes website. So that's marchofdimes.org. Okay. And then the second one is the Prematurity Prevention which is prematurityprevention.org. And so that is a site that contains a lot of information on um, prematurity prevention and then information on prematurity. There are sections for professionals and also sections for um, regular folks Patients. that just want mm-hmm. um, information. And then we also have a wonderful um, message board site called Share Your Story. And that's shareyourstory.org where women can come and or family members can come and just share their experience with um, pregnancy, pregnancy loss, uh, NICU. It's another support system for them to talk to people across the country who are dealing with some of the same issues. Is it an online platform or do people show up to a physical place? This is an
1: online platform. Okay. All right. Very good. Any other resources that you'd like to share with the group? I know before we came into the studio, we were actually talking about you are in the midst of a project kind of that will help Georgia putting together a work group to kind of get a statewide strategy, getting a lot of stakeholders kind of coordinated to kind of work together. I know every time we have a healthcare initiative, it seems like there's silos or pockets of people, yes. and the right hand doesn't know what the Always. left hand's doing, and you kind of got to get the right people focused in the right area. But do you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. So, we are developing a prematurity prevention work group uh, here in Georgia. It will be comprised of people from uh, healthcare, whether it's the university or health system, um, physicians, or we like to see different other nonprofit organizations that have a vested interest in preventing premature birth. The task for us, the first task would be to create a strategic state plan for Georgia as to how we plan to bring down the preterm birth rate numbers um, to meet our 2020 goal. That's good. um, And so the approach for us is to really have all hands on deck um, and not just people who you would think of typically for um, prematurity. So whether that's, you know, the Dental Association or the Lung Association, again, um, just getting a wide range of people that can have a great uh, input as we figure out what are the best ways um, to work in Georgia. Um, You know, as we know, public health is not a one size fit all. And so there may be um, things that are particular to Georgia, that we need to address. And so we really want to kind of figure out what are the communities that are greatly affected by preterm birth and have the highest burden so we can work within those communities. Um, But the first plan is to definitely get a strategic state plan going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very ambitious task. I was
1: going to ask you if you have any sense, since you guys are kind of the scorekeepers in Georgia, do you have any sense of are premature births higher in rural Georgia or urban,
2: or it doesn't matter, or have you got? Do you guys track that? So, what the report card looks at is the overall rate, and then it breaks it down by um, race, race and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And so, we saw that African American women in Georgia had a thirteen point eight. Um, preterm birth rate. And so they were 46% higher than all other racists in the state. Um, and so we are looking at what that disparity is. And the hope is with the work group, we can kind of determine you know, where those areas are, whether it's um, in the urban areas or uh, in the more rural areas in Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So hopefully your research will dig up some in your group, your
1: work group will, right. will kind of dig up some more concrete things. Anything else that you'd want to point out about your programs or how people connect with you? Why don't we, is
2: there a phone number if they have questions that you refer people to or? Sure. So the main thing or the biggest thing is you you can find updated information about programs that we're running, um, grants that may be operating uh, and throughout the state on our website, which is the marchofdimes.org, and it's backslash Georgia to go to the Georgia specific site. We always, you know, encourage people to reach out to us. And as um, maternal child health director, I like to work within the community and hear what's going on and how we can help be of service or resource in the community. And so they are welcome or folks are welcome to email me um, at da Brown at Marchadimes.org. And that is the easiest way uh, to get the conversation started. That sounds great. So I know we were talking off air. We had hoped to have actually one
1: of your mission families here. CW and I always like to say, we can spit out a lot of statistics, um, but people remember people's stories Mm -hmm. um, and families that they've helped. So I know your mission families, you want to describe what that is. And you actually have kind of like talking to like as ambassadors for your program, right?
2: Certainly. So our mission families are families that have experienced a baby in the NICU and they uh, share their story uh, throughout the state um, about what their experiences was and how the March of Dimes was a resource for them, um, especially when we are looking to uh, fundraise uh, throughout the state with our March for Babies walk. And so they come out to different events that we have or even um, different talks like uh today's show to just discuss, like I said, their experience mm-hmm. and um, how much um, March of Dimes was a help to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it always helps to connect people that are actually have gone
1: through it through, with people. Certainly. Yeah, I would agree with that. So you mentioned your March of Dimes Babies Walk. What
2: time of year is that? Is that a once a year event? It is. Um, well, the one for Atlanta uh, is in April. Okay. and so, Coming up this spring? Yes. And so you can definitely find um, information and more details on our website um, about that. But we definitely like to see um, people come out and paint the town purple um, as we raise awareness and money um, about prematurity uh, in the state of Georgia.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, being in high risk OB myself, I often look at the patients that we serve and I think, oh my gosh, we're lucky. So many of us are born well how we are. Um, So not just if you've had a premature baby or if you're committed to that cause. But if you have a healthy baby, um, bring that baby out and uh, be thankful, certainly. So we're at the end of our time today. It has flown by. We're at the end of our time. And uh, I want to thank you for being here today well, thank and you raising awareness, just having this online and being able to speak with us today, I think will kind of give us some resources that people can reach back to um, both in their community. So we appreciate you being here.
2: Thank you.
0: And if you're listening, if you know somebody that is dealing with a high-risk pregnancy, get by Women's Telehealth uh, at womenstelehealth.com and learn more about their services to see if maybe they might be able to be a resource for your location where you're doing your patient's care with uh, your GYN uh, or your OB rather, and your hospital services—they might be able to help you out and and provide some services that would keep you home instead of making you drive. Yeah, Danielle
1: ways. and I definitely have the same mission. We're definitely trying to keep moms healthy, pregnant longer, and out of special care nurseries.
0: Well, it's it's certainly uh, been a pleasure to have. Women's Telehealth is a partner. Been meeting some great guests, sharing some information about programs like what you're working on at the market March of Dimes. I'm really happy to be a part of that myself, uh, and and I'm looking forward to telling more people about what you all are doing there. So, uh, if you've not done so already, go to the upper left hand corner of the show page. You'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the Top Docs Radio Show podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to us, and that way, each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded to your device, ready for you to check it out when it's convenient for you. And we hope you turn around and share this information you might just be putting some information in the hands of somebody that you care about that really makes a big difference for them clearly the things that the ladies have been talking about today have been very important to a large number of people out there so we hope you turn around and share it we'll say thanks in advance thanks for making some time to join us in the studio
1: thank you for having me all right thanks everybody have a great afternoon
0: and i guess we'll have to talk about holidays and travel next time
1: (laughs) i guess so it's that time of year isn't it
0: we'll see you next time bye bye catch you then